Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade, and it is awesome. But it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them. And then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. So I know what I'm doing on my birthday um, and there's a lot of stuff happening this weekend on my birthday weekend, but here's something fun that you could do on my birthday. You could go to a send-off party for the Grizzly Cross team at the uh, tap room out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater in Bonner between 5 and 8 on Friday. Cinco de Mayo, also my birthday, and uh, also an opportunity to help support the Grizz uh, lacrosse team and drink some beers. So a dollar of every drink will go toward the uh, Grizz lacrosse team, be donated to the Grizz lacrosse team. So that's pretty cool. And at Grizz lacrosse, they are headed to the MCLA Division II National Tournament uh, starting on Monday. It's Noah's Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Tomorrow, Tucker Sargent, Grizz lacrosse coach will join us to give us the lowdown on uh, that event, first and foremost, because I know that's the most uh, pertinent upcoming thing. You must drink beer with Grizzlax before they uh, depart. Then, after they depart, uh, they'll be headed to Round Rock, Texas. Um, An interesting and, and rather tough draw for the Grizz in the first round. They certainly played the hardest schedule in the country. Uh, they played, I, I believe my final count was 12 ranked teams. Uh, Jeff's giving me some sort of sign. I think Jeff's saying, yes, 12 ranked teams. I believe 12 of the 17 games that they've played so far this year uh, has been against ranked teams, and they've won, I think, 15 of those games. So, right, 15 and 2? Grizz lacrosse, 16-2 and two going in. So uh, they've played a brutal schedule. They've won a bunch of games. And uh, most recently, they won the PNCLL tournament by beating Northwest Nazarene and Western Washington. That then sews up the four seed in the national tournament, which is a, a good draw in terms of seeding. It's just a little bit of a tough draw in terms of who they have on their side of the bracket. So the Grizz... Uh, seated one spot lower than the St. Thomas Tommies. The St. Thomas Tommies are the dynasty of MCLA Division II, having won seven of the last nine national championships. The Grizz beat the Tommies earlier this year. And uh, when when St. Thomas was number one in the country, but still St. Thomas gets seated ahead of the Grizz at, at three. So then the Grizz are the fourth seed. 
Uh, so just an interesting draw for Montana. Basically on the same side of the bracket as the number one seed, which is Rhode Island. And uh, so they'd have to play the top-seeded team in the semifinals if they are to get that far in this 16-team tournament. Montana's opening draw uh, is against the Air Force Academy. This will take place on Monday, May 8th from Round Rock, Texas. Uh, Jeff Safford's been doing a great job calling Grizzly Cross for us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, What did you think of this whole deal? Because on on paper, four seed's a good seed, but then it's just interesting they got seated behind St. Thomas and they're on the same side of the bracket as the number one seed in Rhode Island. Yeah, I don't have so much of a gripe with them being in the same bracket as Rhode Island. It's... If you're going to have a gripe about something, it's St. Thomas being seated ahead of Montana. Looking at, you said a lot about Montana's strength of schedule, having played so many ranked teams, and the two losses that the Grizz have, one being to the number two ranked team in the bracket in Cal State San Marcos, and the other being to Montana State, which I, in my opinion, would have had a top five seed also, but... They lost in their conference championship tournament to, guess who? The Air Force Academy, right. who is and 10-1 going in. So, to, so pa- to pause on that just for a second, because we've actually gotten a fair, fair amount of questions about this. This is strange, but it's true. The Cats and the Grizz are not in the same conference in lacrosse. Correct. So, so they play every year. They play often, but they don't, they're not in the same conference. So uh, continue. Yeah, the... The, the Bobcats play in what's called the Rocky Mountain Collegiate Conference. Right. Playing schools that are more based, a little bit more south. Think Utah, Utah State. State right. Think yeah. U, Utah Valley. U, MSU Denver. Sure. Which, thinking about Air where... Air Force. Where, Colorado Air Springs, Force. Yeah. yeah, thinking about where the Cats are, a little bit more in the south part of the state, where the Grizz are more in western Montana, and a lot of their competition's more in Washington in Oregon it makes a little bit more sense geographically, in my opinion, that way. It is interesting. So we'll keep you apprised. Tucker Sarge has got plenty on this uh, tomorrow, but that's just sort of the, the news of the weekend that we haven't had much time to really dive into. Grizzly Cross headed to the national tournament once again. If you missed anything in the first hour of Nuanas Now, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store. And the MSU Bookstore. I want to play a little smarter, dumb, our fun NFL game here in just a minute. But I have a couple other things to say about Jimmy Butler. Basically, the entry point or the uh, the premise of this conversation was Jimmy Butler, the Rodney Dangerfield of shooting guards in NBA history, right? Why doesn't Jimmy Butler get more respect? Uh, I don't think you can say he's one of the seven or eight best shooting guards in, the, in NBA history. But like that 8, 9, 10, 11 spot... It gets a little interesting, and but most people would tell you you're crazy for arguing Reggie Miller or Jimmy Butler, Vince Carter or Jimmy Butler. But I, I do think that there's uh, an argument to be had there. I also think that there's part of it here, though, where the marketing machine in the NBA is crazy. It's part of what makes the NBA so alluring. It's part of what makes the NBA so in, enticing to follow. It's part of why some of the great superstars in all of pro sports are NBA players. But in this specific generation, you could probably rattle off at least 15 guys that have sort of been the apple of the eye of the, the NBA consumer or promoted by the league or both before you got to Jimmy Butler. And that part is interesting too. Like we always talk about, Andrew, how if you have one of the best players in the league, you have a chance in a playoff series. And in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler is one of the best guys in the league. 
but we don't ever tip of your tongue mention him in the same breath as Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard or John Morant. I mean, Jimmy Butler's had way more playoff success than John Morant. I know they're a lot far apart in age, but it's just interesting how many guys you'd name as superstars in the NBA before you got to Butler. I think that there's just so much to that. I think his backstory goes into it, where he's come from. But you made the point when we were talking about this in the first hour. Jimmy Butler gets criticized, fair or not, for being sort of the cancerous guy when paired with other superstars. First Derrick Rose, then Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, then Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. How much of that is just a... uh, Jimmy Butler is a a second-round draft pick, so he's way more expendable than the guys that were the number one overall pick like Carl Anthony Towns. How much has Jimmy Butler got scapegoated in his career because the franchises are committed to, to maintaining and protecting this, you know... Holy relic. All three of those guys I just named, Derrick Rose, Carl Anthony Towns, and Joel Embiid, were top three picks. Two of them were number one overall picks. No, I think there is a ton of that, right? And Jimmy Butler is a guy who, you know, part of what makes him so great in the playoffs is just his competitive nature, right? That's been really the biggest thing uh, that people have identified as to why he's been successful in the playoffs, and it's makes it a difficult fit for him, right? So I think there has been a ton of that, but that's just why... You know, again, Miami is such a great situation for him because of the infrastructure that they have in place, because he is the unquestioned alpha dog on the team, because of the coaching staff, uh, because of everybody they got around him. So, I, for me, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of both, right? I don't think I don't think it's fair to paint him as this cancerous guy exactly. because the thing blew up in Minnesota. Right. I think that there was a ton of other toxicity that went into that situation. But it's same a, thing with Philly. Ben Simmons was there. Definitely. You, I you, really, it's just so much easier to say Jimmy Butler's the expendable one. He's He played one year of Division I basketball, and he's a, a second-round draft pick. He's You're always going to err on the side of the guy you're paying all the money that you used all the draft capital to get. Well, and also, he's not a super easy fit in terms of basketball skills. Because he can't shoot. He's a 28% (laughs) three-point shooter, except in the playoffs when he's a 35% three-point shooter. Uh, So there's a ton of that going into it as well, right? I mean, even just in basketball terms, if you're looking at it objectively, like a choice between Jimmy Butler, who has that huge flaw in his game, and somebody like Carl Anthony Towns, who's like one of the most diverse offensive bigs Right, but doesn't know how league. to win at all. He spends the whole playoffs crying. I get it, man. I'm right there with you. I knew that the Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns thing would rub you exactly the wrong way because that's like <laughs> your favorite and your least favorite NBA superstars. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, there's part of that. I think that's part of what goes into like well, why is he not a star? Well, he's like playing bully ball for his 22 points a night. He's not jumping out of the building like John Morant. He's not splashing seven threes a game like Steph Curry. For sure. He's uh, also dropping 56 against Giannis's Bucks and just kicking them straight out of the playoffs. Yeah, but doing that fully is like three yards in a cloud of dust style, right? He oh, was totally. just relentless in that game. He absolutely was. I just find it so perplexing because I'm like looking at the list of all the teams in the NBA and most NBA people would tell me, like if I told you right now, all factors considered, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than Trey Young. People would tell me that I was crazy, and I'm I, I, not, I'm 100 percent into this, no, right? Not in that comparison. Uh, 
like on down the line, though, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than Kyrie Irving. I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than Zion Williamson. I know Zion Williamson's ceiling is unbelievable. He can't stay on the court. He's hurt all the time. You know if you make the playoffs, you have a chance to make a run in the playoffs if you got Jimmy Butler. Yes, he is, he is proving that over and over again. I just, what I am saying is that if you're trying to take some of the blame off of Jimmy Butler yeah. for how badly things went in Minnesota particularly, sure, I think that a lot of the credit, not a lot of the credit, but some of the credit that you're giving to Jimmy Butler for what is happening right now has to go to the Heat organization. No to question. Pat Riley, for to sure. Eric Spolstra. For sure. That's uh, great. He's, it's, tr- it's true. He's in one of the best situations for a superstar that there are in the league because you got one of the best front offices one of the best coaches. Right. Um, Here's my final hot take on this. If Minnesota keeps Jimmy Butler and gets rid of Carl Anthony Towns and keeps Tom Thibodeau, they're better than they were this year. And Minnesota, and I'm saying that because I thought Minnesota was trash this year. I thought Minnesota was one of the hardest teams in the league to watch. They won 42 games because they have a whole bunch of really good talent, but they are not good at playing basketball together. I thought they were horrible to watch. Do you think Jimmy Butler would get along better or worse with Rudy Gobert than he got along <laughs> with Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Uh, what a loaded question. What is now ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's play a little uh, smarter or dumb. Here's the premise of the game. It's pretty simple. We have a Sports Illustrated um, that we've been following along with. The, the, there's a column in here. It's, it's just a bold statement about all 32 teams in the league and then a paragraph justifying that statement. So we read the bold statement, read the paragraph, and then we argue over whether it is a good or bad, smart or dumb statement. So... Here we go. Uh, And if Jeff, I know you've been uh, in and out on the road sometimes, so if by chance you go to one that we've already done, I'll just tell you we already did it. Fair enough. So I want to ask about, first of all, you're talking about them a little bit in the draft segment, so let's go to the team from Pennsylvania. Let's Ooh, go Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Okay, I like this. Yes. Let's let's pick up the Steelers. And they say quarterback Kenny Pickett will make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> now, I could follow that to a degree. Now, I he got a little better as the year went on, I felt. But where they lose me is their justification of what he's going to do to do that. I'm ready. <laughs> 3,300 passing yards, all right, 66% completion percentage. That doesn't seem too crazy, but this, this is off the rails, in my opinion. I'm ready. Jeff's got beef with, I know the Coulter's <laughs> got beef's usually your thing, but Stafford's got beef with this one. 500 rushing yards <laughs> for Kenny Pickett. The dude ran a 4-7 at the Combine. <laughs> When he was drafted a few years ago. Put, How in the world is Kenny Pickett going to run for 500 yards? If you were to look at the list of quarterbacks who have rushed for more than 500 yards in a single NFL season, you would see the who's who of the greatest running quarterbacks in NFL history, and that's all. <laughs> you would only see the guys that are the best runners that you've seen. Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm probably missing a Warren Moon might be in there. 
500 rushing yards for a quarterback is a ridiculous amount. So that part of this statement is absolutely dumb. Penny, Kenny Pickett last year rushed for 237 yards, uh, 4.3 yards per carry, which is decent. Uh, he also threw for 2,404 yards, seven touchdowns, and nine picks. Just blowing me out of the water here, this future Pro Bowler. The only way that this isn't just completely dumb is that probably like the top 10 guys who get picked to go to the Pro Bowl won't go because they'll either be in the playoffs or they'll just be getting done with the playoffs or they will have been hurt or they just don't want to go <laughs> play in the Pro Bowl. So maybe because... Or maybe T.J. Watt will decide he wants to play quarterback next yeah, year. Yeah, right, exactly. But, like, you know, Kenny Pickett, he might be the 17th best quarterback in the NFL next year, and that might actually be good enough to get to the Pro Bowl. But Kenny Pickett's not going to be an All-Pro next year. I don't see any any circumstance uh, in which that happens. All right, what else? Uh, give me another one. Okay, back over to me here. Uh, let's see. A lot of these are tough because they're things that will have already happened. Okay, because yeah, of uh, the draft, yeah. And maybe... Well, here's one that maybe you might want to do with another frequent guest, Sean Rainey. But this one sticks out to me. The Chargers will be the number one seed in the AFC. (laughs) Well, if we were to ask, if we were to ask Sean, he would say, dumb. There's no way that could possibly happen, but he would justify it through some mysticism and horrible juju and voodoo dolls and bad luck and all of the That's things. That's correct. That- he, he's been beaten <laughs> down pretty thoroughly, yes. Sean is one of my litmus tests for people that think that their franchises that they've loved since they were children are cursed. And uh, when he actually passionately lays out the argument for you, it's hard to actually argue with him. As somebody that, you know, I always say this, but my last piece of fandom I got left is for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the fact that the Minnesota Vikings have missed every big kick in my lifetime, uh, there has to be something to it, but the Chargers are going to be good for sure. The problem is the AFC is stacked. The AFC West, even. Exactly. Like, to have the, to be the number one seed, you're going to have to... I mean, first of all, the defending Super Bowl champs are in your division in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs. But you also have stacked teams like the Bills. Um, I, I think that the Bengals are going to be really good again. You have upstart teams like the Jets and the Ravens and uh, the Colts and the, Tex- or the Titans, excuse me. I mean, there's just a lot of good teams in the AFC. Well, you'll be happy to know that Sports Illustrated's justification for this choice yeah. is just as mystic and uh, not based in reality. <laughs> so, remind me this. I'm awash. Did they fire Brandon Staley? They absolutely did not, Coulter. I'm going to read so you that's verbatim. A, that's another reason why they're not going to, because he's not a good coach. Let me read you this blurb, Coulter. <laughs> Okay. There's something noble about the way the franchise stood behind coach Brandon Staley after the playoff collapse against the Jags. Oh, There's boy. a reason L.A. fell in love with Staley in the first place. Oh, boy. Now with Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator, we'll find out why. You know what I, you know what I read in those three sentences, Coulter? What's that? I read no evidence... <laughs> for your take about the Chargers finishing number one in the AFC. That's right. I read uh, no statistics. I read no names of players that you were expecting to improve. I read uh, no reasons why you think the Chiefs are going to be any worse. Man, can, can I tell you? I know, I know I'm a hater. I know I am. I know that I am. Kellen Moore has to be one of the most overrated football figures of my lifetime. 
I know I'm supposed to like Kellen Moore. I'm supposed to like him. He's from Prosser, Washington. Like, I, I used to interview his dad, who's, I think, still the head coach of Prosser High School. I think his dad's been the head coach of Prosser High School for 40 years. Uh, he, you know, won 50 games at Boise State and, you know, was this wonderkin, like, early 30s offensive coordinator in the league. I, I'm just not about it, man. I just think... I. Show me the proof that Kellen Moore is even an above-average NFL offensive coordinator. I, I just feel like he had a moment-in-time thing happen to him at Boise State. That's all great and good. You know, it's a great story of a guy that didn't have a ton of natural talent becoming one of the most successful college quarterbacks ever. It's a regional story, the rise of Boise State. It's all a cute, fun story. That's fine. I don't know how that's gotten this guy so much opportunity in the NFL. And then since he's been in the NFL, he's been high profile because he was with the Cowboys. What have, what have they done? I, I, haven't, I haven't just been like blown away by the Cowboys offenses at any point in time. Maybe it changes now that he actually has a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert. I don't ever, I've never thought Dak Prescott was anything more than average. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just I've, I've never been there with Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the argument would be, well, Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick, right? Who sure. became a top ten quarterback in the NFL for a moment in time. There, I'm looking at it now, though. Uh, Dak Prescott's made two Pro Bowls with both, which both came before Kellen See? Moore was the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but they were they were good with him. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think it's so weird that he's like... I, I mean, there are offensive coordinators who have done worse. I know, but like in this group of these young, brash, offensive masterminds, quote-unquote. Sure. Sean McMahon is so obviously good. Kyle Shanahan is so sure. obviously good. What the hell does Kellen Moore do? I can't tell you. I can tell you exactly what Kyle Shanahan does and why it's sweet and different than everybody else. I can tell you exactly what Sean McVay does and why it's sweet and different than everybody else. I have no idea what Kellen Moore does, nor do I know why anybody would consider it sweet. I don't know. It's just it's an interesting conundrum. Well, definitely uh, sort of a turning point year for him potentially this year if Justin Herbert's healthy all year because that offense certainly has the potential and has the talent to be really good. They, they should be good if they stay healthy for sure. I do think the Chargers are going to be good. I, I don't know how the Chargers win their division, and I don't know how the Chargers um, are, are anywhere close. I mean, they could be sort of close to the top of the AFC, but I, I think that they're a long ways away uh, in the AFC. Okay, let's do one more because I, I don't know. I haven't seen Tommy. So we'll do one more. Tommy Evans coming up here in just a little while. Coulter, have we gotten to the Green Bay Packers yet? Um, I, I can't remember what the bold statement is, so let's let's just do it. We'll do it even if we already did it. Well, the Green Bay Packers, I actually don't think this is a bad one. Myself, I have been a Packer guy my whole life. Both my parents grew up in Wisconsin. Of course, Becky Smith, also a huge Packer fan. So we can always talk Pack here. Oh, yeah, a lot of Packers have come and gone around so, here. this is saying... And I think this is actually not a bad hot take, so to speak. The Packers will finish first in total defense. And where I think this isn't a bad one is I think one of the reasons Green Bay failed last season was their defense didn't perform in the way that they were expecting. Yeah, Coming out of that loss to the Niners, I mean... The Packers' defense dominated that game. The reason they yeah. lost that playoff game to San Francisco was the block punt. Right. I mean, Garoppolo and that offense did nothing 
against Green Bay. So For people sure. are expecting that defense to just dominate with that young secondary, and it started coming into its own towards the end of the year when they started getting guys back from injuries. So I would, th- you would think with that secondary, Jair Alexander coming back, you yep. have Rashawn Gary coming back off the ACL, they drafted a stud at D, D end out of Iowa in the first round. Got some good linebackers coming back. All pro Campbell inside. To me, that's a defense that should be a top 10, top 5 defense. So they at least to me are in the neighborhood right now. Yeah, it's always funny because we always give so much pub to the, the, uh, the quarterbacks and everything around them. But, you know, part of the divorce between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers was because. The Packers uh, basically straight up refused to draft offensive skill players in the first round of the draft for Aaron Rodgers. When you don't draft offensive skill players, you do draft really good defensive players. That's what the Packers did. They got some very good players defensively. And like I always say, to be truly elite defensive unit, I do think you have to have elite players at all three levels of their defense. Well, I do think that uh, they have multiple elite players up front led by Kenny Clark. I think they have... Uh, at least one elite linebacker in Devondre Campbell. But also I think that if Quay Walker could tighten the screws a little bit, Quay Walker's a little bit out there and he makes a lot of bad decisions, but he's an incredibly talented guy. That could give you two elite players in the linebacker spot. And then I think that they have multiple elite players in their secondary too. So I think man for man, the Packers should have a pretty good unit. I also think that's probably going to be the style of football they're going to want to play with a first year, basically essentially a quote-unquote rookie-type quarterback in Jordan Love. He's not a rookie, but he's going to be... Swimming like one, uh, maybe you do want to play a, a more conservative style, lean on your defense a little bit. So if that is the case, I think the Packers are going to be very good. I do think there's a lot of pressure on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers moving on, with the limbo the Vikings are stuck in, with the the continued uh, mediocrity of the Bears, and with the fact that the Detroit Lions took a big jump last year, but they're also uh, just the Detroit Lions. So. I do think the Packers will be the betting favorite in that division despite losing Aaron Rodgers. But then how do they handle that pressure because they lost Aaron Rodgers? We'll see. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Maybe we'll play a little bit more uh, NFL bold statements after a little while. I told Tommy earlier today, I said, hey, I got extra time. Come ruin the show. So I have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about something. We're talking probably about a lot of stuff. Tommy Evans from the trail next here on ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? 
I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community based, um, very family oriented inside as well. And it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. It's such a silly song. And he's not even in here to listen to it. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, breathlessly waiting for the arrival of Tommy Evans. He's uh, he's just across the hall. He happens to have uh, his own radio. I, I, I don't even say show. He has his own show every Tuesday night, the new show. But he also just has his own afternoons where he's just on the trail in the afternoons and the evenings all the time. 103.3, Montana's Quality Rock. So um, he's coming whenever he gets over here. Uh, in the meantime, the uh, Montana State men's basketball program has gone through a unbelievable amount of turnover, uh, all sparked by the same initial domino, Danny Sprinkle, former MSU head basketball coach, uh, now the head coach at Utah State. They were already going to have to endure the graduation of Jabril Bellow, but now they're, the Bobcats are going to have to endure the transfer of Raekwon Battle to West Virginia, the transfer of Darius Brown and uh, Great Osobar to Utah State, the decommitment of Jackson Grant from Montana State to Utah State. But MSU has made a few additions, including the hiring of head men's basketball coach Matt Logie. Logie has a, a long history of success at small school college basketball. He coached at Whitworth for eight seasons, and then he coached the last four at Point Loma. Whitworth is Division Three. Point Loma's Division Two. Logie's won uh, 84% of his games, so he's certainly won at an incredibly high level. Uh, he announced the hiring of his staff here uh, officially yesterday. The three members of the staff uh, include Sam Skoll. I think it's Skoll or Scholl. Sam Skoll. Uh, who most recently worked at San Diego State, was also the head coach at San Diego for four years. Point Loma assistant Julius Smith, who comes with uh, Logie from San Diego. And then uh, probably the, the quote, it's not really a bombshell, but the, the most newsworthy around these parts, Zach Payne. Zach Payne spent the last four years as an assistant at the uh, University of Montana. So he's going to the other side of the rivalry. Ironically, although Zach Payne's worked at Montana for four years, the ties are actually deeper to Logie because Payne played at Whitworth and then coached under Logie at Whitworth. So those guys, actually, because of the history between Matt Logie, his grandfather, Ed Pepple, and Travis DeCure, you'd have to think one of the initial, the initial connectors to get Zach Payne the job at Montana was actually Matt Logie. So now that Matt, Matt Logie is a... Um, a head coach, he brings uh, an, an old friend along with him. So we'll see what sort of impact Zach Payne can have over there. But uh, that's your staff there for MSU. I thought Scholl was an interesting one, having just been an assistant on um, San Diego State staff. 
getting to make the run all the way to the championship game. He's also a former head coach who uh, spent four seasons at San Diego. So I, I would expect because you have that there with Scholl and his California ties, plus the fact that Matt Logie uh, is coming from California and Julius Smith was on his staff there at Point Loma in San Diego, I would expect probably a heavy California footprint when it comes to recruiting, but that's not that much different than than it has been uh, for a while. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Tommy just asked, what time do I want him to come in? So I said, now. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, uh, rambling and ranting with Tommy Evans. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. The rock star says, this isn't the song I picked. Hey, hey, what kind of producers you got working back here? I specifically told you my intro song. If you guys know one thing about producing radio, it's improvised, baby. You specifically told me you were coming on at 530, you, so that's when I played it. No producer came and tracked me down. I'm running the show here, man, all right? I, I need some help. I, I need help getting to places on time. Basketball Jones. He's just the basketball Jones. I had a good laugh about it. I haven't heard that song since I was like 12. And I'm about, I'm about, to, I'm about to be middle-aged on Friday. So uh, here we are. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Tommy Evans here. Uh, to, what to are you turning, 31? the day by storm. Are you kidding me, bro? No. What are you? I'm, how old are you? I'm 36. 36? 36. How old are you? You just turned 30. I'm turning 30 uh, in August, this August. Oh, you weren't 30 last year? That's right. I made fun no. of you for turning 30, but you hadn't actually done it yet. Yeah, I'm 29 right now. How do you feel about that? I, it's 30. all over for me. I, no, it's I not. have no retirement account. I'm knocking on oh, death's that's, door that's here. That's a lie. I am the not Tommy ready to retire. Millions on Dogecoin. I am Take virtually. it to the moon, baby. <laughs> Did you get any Pepe coin? What is Pepe coin? Tell me about it. You know the internet meme Pepe the Frog? Uh, I don't. Well, he is a cryptocurrency <laughs> now. Okay. And some buffoon bought $150 worth of this coin. Did you follow this? No, I, I, I have no clue. Got flagged by the banks. They shut him down because he tried to transfer his $112 million dollars into his checking account they told him well this is clearly fraudulent well it was in fact not fraudulent wow robin hood set up a personal concierge for the guy to get him his 112 mil from 150 bucks so how do i find this i can't find any pepe coin on my robin hood if you have followed sports and crypto at all you know the last thing i'm gonna do is tell you how to buy it where to buy it suggest you buy it anything that's right, else that's right okay no honest now here uh Interesting. Um, Which mic is this? One or two? That's one. I've been working on our mic processing lately. Yeah. I think we got to fix this one up. This is sound. Is this a little distorted to you guys, or is it just oh, my headset? I think it's just your headset. Yeah. Sounds great yeah, to me. The station engineering projects never <laughs> end. Sounds Walter. okay to me, but it's coming in through the speaker back here. Yeah. yeah. So right. that I can talk back to you. 
Did you guys know that the windows open? We got the AC down to 62 and you got the windows open. I'm well aware. What's going on in this place? I walk in here and it's just it's just unbelievable. It's it, it, on fire. Hey, it's always pandemonium. I've been trying to think of all the things I'm grateful for in my life. And I will say the one thing I'm grateful for at this place. Well, there's a lot of things. But uh, the pure and utter chaos, which makes sure that there's never any such thing as boredom. There's yeah. no, no one yeah. ever says my Boy. job's boring if they work at Missoula Broadcast Company. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, yes. How's your book? Oh, well, well uh, I got to tell you, I've kind of taken a pause. Pa- Professor Pie and the Derivatives of Pepperonis. What's it, it okay. called? <laughs> First of all, it's... It's the life of Professor Pi from dough to derivatives. There we go. There we go. Tells the story of young Professor Pi, born as a little, uh, you know, dough ball, makes his way to the halls of MIT to become a professor of calculus. Well, uh, Coulter, I, I'm a, I'm a tongue in cheek kind of on air guy. I'm yeah, always saying yeah. goofy stuff. I'm always having fun, but I've gotten the most genuine, I mean, aggressive hate mail I've ever received in my <laughs> career after talking about this book. And this whole AI writing and Chad literature GPT thing. is helping co-author this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are shutting me all the way down about it. Wow. So I'm thinking I might scrap that one, but I need to come <laughs> up with a pen name. So if anyone has an idea, I cannot release it under my own name. I'm going to get myself canceled. I, you, you cannot release a book written by AI without crediting it. And I think that's fair. You know, that's that's very fair. But as we're seeing play out in the music world, to whom do we pay royalties yeah, and right, publishing pennies? Right, right. Which, if you have a New York Times bestseller, add up to publishing millions very quickly. Right, totally. You know? So, you know, there, there are still a lot of things that need to be figured out. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, beyond that, the only other thing that we have to figure out, Coulter, is, is when are we going to get you on the chat GPT? Oh, my gosh. You know, here's the thing. I've, I found a little bit of use for it. Uh, I I still think it's just such a giant conundrum to be taking away jobs, especially creative based jobs from humans. Yeah. Agreed. Because the only reason you would do that is to maximize profits. And I think if you do things under the sole intention of money, then you're flirting with the devil. I think there's a lot well, of that can go downhill. Yes, yes. Look at me, Coulter. <laughs> curse day in and day out, and I'm broke. <laughs> well, it is amazing, though. I mean, there's there's little things for it, right? Like, uh, coaching briefs and things like that. You know, this guy yeah. just got hired here. Okay, we we played around with this when Mark Campbell left Sacramento State and got hired yeah. at TCU. We said, write me a you know news brief about Mark Campbell going from Sacramento State to TCU. Okay. They're gonna. Right. It, it's gonna write that in an AP style. That's exactly how most functional yeah. journals would write it. Very, very similarly to that. It just saves you time. So that I don't necessarily think I have a problem with because you. Do, that's mm, one thing I think people are missing here. AI. I, in my personal opinion, AI is very scary in a lot of ways. But I do think that it's very archaic at this exact moment in time, especially these Chat GPT softwares. Yeah. It takes a fair amount of, of coaxing and manipulation for it to be more accurate than a real yeah, human. Yeah, totally. This is what I've kind of said all along is that the future of jobs in AI will be dependent on one's ability to properly prompt right. or guide or redirect 
right. the prompts so that it's spitting out exactly what you want or, or, or you know, how it, how it should be written. Like when Jeff and I were, you know, messing around with this, Jeff Safford in the back, we were like, write an insult battle between Coach Marty Morningwig <laughs> and Colton Nuanez. And how it was making, st- it was making stabs and, and jokes and insults between the football coach and the media journalist was yeah. uncanny. Like, how does it know that? For sure. It's crazy. You're not, you know, the spiders scraping the internets don't really necessarily know all of these things about you that this intelligent thing is just dreaming up. Yeah, that 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 part is freaky to me for sure. Um, the other part here, though, is I think that this is so blatantly uh, presented to us as consumers as artificial intelligence. Like, we know... Chat GPT is this interactive AI. Yeah. We know that from the very beginning we've been told that. Yeah. We've been using AI, Google, mm. banking. Yeah. Like there is so much stuff that's automated through artificial intelligence. It just wasn't directly presented to us as AI. AI is not new. Interactive AI is new. Artificial intelligence is not new. The world has been running on AI for a decade plus. Did you know that I am AI? <laughs> I'm fake, man. I'm a Microsoft, you know, guy walking around here. This is a, I, I don't know how to um, pursue this goal, but I, I would like to make a personal goal to be able to be shocked again. There's, no, <laughs> there's nothing that shocks me. Nothing. You could tell me anything and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. That's sure. Okay. Really? But the world is crazy. So you have been desensitized been by totally the machine. I've been totally desensitized by the machine, for sure. I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock, like shock you right now. There's tragedy that could happen in my life. Of course. Like, what are you guys just like... Tragedy, man? I'm going sad here. Like, what are you guys just like drove off a cliff or something? That Whoa, would be shocking and why tragic, you, for sure. Well, you're going to be all morbid about everything, man. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm okay. going to shock you right now, okay, genuinely. I'm, I'm if you're watching on SWX television or the app, get ready. You guys record this. I'm going to shock you. <laughs> we record everything. That's the scary part. There are a couple Beatles songs that I think are terrible. Hey! And that's the truth. Okay. That's the truth. All right. Well, at least you're finally coming around. There's a couple Beatles songs I think are good. So we're, well, we're meeting in the you middle. you have a little inkling of taste inside <laughs> of you. Oh, why'd you ask me about Casablanca? Or no, uh, what'd you ask me about <laughs> Casablanca? Casablanca? What movie we're talking about? Oh, Requiem oh, for Requiem. a Dream. Requiem! Yeah, really, really close. Casablanca and Requiem for a Dream. You want us now? <laughs> ESPN Radio, Tommy Evans here. Uh, he is hosting the new show on the trail, 103.3. Oh, yeah, here that's In about true. seven minutes. So uh, change the channel right up the dial from 1029 to 103.3 and check him out. We'll get to what's coming up. Uh, I asked you because I watched that the other night. So Great show. So we watched um, Whale. The Whale, the Brandon, the Brandon Fraser movie that won a bunch of Academy Awards. I don't know that movie. It's all about a morbidly obese man that basically uh, lives an awful life. Oh, wow. It's horrible. It's really sad. It's phenomenal acting, though. Yeah, okay. But it's directed by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, nice. Darren Aronofsky's directorial debut was Requiem for a Dream, and Requiem for a Dream remains a cult classic. It also just remains a an unbelievable piece of filmmaking. Without question. It's It's a unbelievably depressing movie. Yeah, yeah. There is no good part of it. There's no happy ending. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the way they string the story together is phenomenal. And uh, I don't know, I just watched it the other night and I was just thinking about it. and thinking Because yeah. I always ask Tommy, you seen this movie? I have no, a list. I, no, I have it, but I'm going to get to it. This list has like 200 movies. At this point, if Tommy doesn't start watching all the movies myself and all the rest of the quote-unquote <laughs> elders have given him, uh, 
He's never going to get to it. I think you got to start now if you want to get any of these done by the time you're like 50. This movie, well, I, again, I'm turning 30. My life is about over. Uh, movies <laughs> to watch. Uh, this started as a social experiment for me two or three years ago because I'm fascinated by how most conversations are driven by people saying, have you seen this movie? And then right. you all reference the movie. And if you're like me and you didn't grow up in a TV house, I don't watch TV. I don't I don't watch <laughs> film, not into cinema. Yeah. Uh, then they try to tell you this scene. Well, there's no this great idea. part that happens where this guy says blah, 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 and then they still make their tie into the movie, and it's like, let's communicate without movies. What would that be like? And so this this film list now, 226 films. I've watched 12 of them that were let's told go. to me to watch. Let's go. What have you watched? Um, uh, uh, all the Star Wars. Well, that's good. And then I watched... Um, uh, 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 Mandalorian, I think that's a Star yeah, Wars thing too. Yeah, that's a Star too. Wars thing for sure. Yeah, okay. And then Slapshot. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, uh, so, oh, Seven Psychopaths. Wow, that sounds depressing too. That is a great show. All right, maybe I'll get that on the list. We'll come back to Movies by Tommy next week. You only got a minute left. What's on the new show tonight? I'm actually really excited <laughs> about the new show. Got all kinds of cool music. I think I've talked to you multiple times about Westerman, the singer-songwriter yeah. guy in Greece. Anyway, his record's coming out this Friday, Cinco de Mayo on a Friday, people. Woo. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and my 36th birthday. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Grandpa Coulter here. <laughs> you, should I bring a walker into this radio oh, studio I for you? yoga today. I'm, I am feeling nice and... Uh, Limber. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so a bunch of cool new stuff, mostly from outside of the U.S. So uh, dial in and check it out. It'll be really cool. It's uh, going to be amazing. It's coming up in less than four minutes. One notch up the dial. 103.3 The Trail. Tommy Evans holding it down over there on the trail early oh. and often, but uh, also... Uh, new show, 6 p.m. Tuesday night. And shout out all of your listeners who voted me top five radio personality and in the, the Missoula. keep the boats coming, baby. Yeah, keep thanks. the boats coming. We'll keep reminding you, but uh, vote for this guy. Best radio personality. Check everything you missed on the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.